Crisis communications. Boy, there's no better time to be talking about this subject than right now when this is recorded in March of 2020, when we're in the midst of our global pandemic of COVID-19. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Norris, Senior Brand Strategist at True Marketing, and together we'll dive into how to communicate both internally and externally during a crisis such as this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each podcast episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in marketing to technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues and industry friends of mine who will stop by to tell you their stories along the way. My goal is that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, True Marketing. True is a content marketing agency based in beautiful Austin, Texas, and serves companies focused in technical industries. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Today is March 20th, and I think that has some relevancy to today's topic about crisis communications. I'm joined remotely by Morgan Norris, Senior Brand Strategist for True Marketing and a friend to the show who you've probably heard on several other episodes. So hi, Morgan. Hi. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, uh, our listeners may not know, but True Marketing is already a distributed workplace. We all work from home, and you yourself recently made a move from Austin to Washington, D.C. Yeah. So here we are again, March 20th. You are hunkered down at home with your husband and three children in a very urban environment. So I'm <laughs> so anxious to hear how that's going. Yeah, I am. So we live uh, in a row house in DC and uh, thankfully we moved here uh, late in the summer, kind of right before the school year started. And uh, one thing is I'm so thankful for when, before we rented this place, the place that I wanted to live was, um, it was a condo and it was a two bedroom condo. Um, but it was on top of there was like a target in the building and you could take the elevator straight down to the Metro platform. And it was just, the location was amazing, but I don't think we would have made it through this because I cannot imagine all five of us, like there was nowhere you could stand in that condo where you didn't like see everyone else at the same time. Oh, wow. I know. And so (laughs) thankfully we've got this row house, we have a basement. Um, There's what felt at one point downsizing from Texas, uh, like not a lot of space is actually, it's plenty. It's great. And so we are here and it's been interesting. I think um, I felt like they're starting to catch up, but in the last kind of at the end of last week, um, I felt like Texas, a a lot of our teams in Texas and I have a lot of family in Texas, but Texas was sort of like two days behind where we were Uh in DC as far as stuff closing. And, um, you know, I'm like rushing out to the grocery store and then called my mom later in the day. And she's like, 
what's the deal? You know, it's okay. Um, but I was like, no, it's not. There's no chicken. So what are we going to eat? Um, so it's been interesting. We got college kids. We're near Georgetown University. We got college kids on one side uh, that are not sure what to do with themselves. Um, they're all their classes are canceled and they're up very late. Uh, they're, they're still on the, <laughs> um, two month long party. Course. Right. Right. That, that mindset. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, well, uh, yeah. You know what I think is interesting is you early on were like, Hey, you were the first that had the kids, um, take a break from school. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful that we already know how to work remotely. And you were like, it's okay. I have a plan. I have this figured out, but I know that for your husband, it's a little bit different, right? He was going yes. in the office every day. So, oh, yeah. uh, who, who did you arm wrestle to see who would get the office and yeah. be, you know, <laughs> working from, I don't know, a bedroom? Or- yeah. So I already have, my office setup is fantastic, but it is in more proximity to common space because I'm working while the kids are at school all day. Right. So I, I have the house to myself basically anyway. Um, and so he set up in the basement, we have a bedroom and he, uh, I went in there like at the end of day one, he's been home since like last Tuesday or Wednesday. This is, it's been a while already, but I went in there at the end of his first day and he had an ironing board set up at his desk. And so like, Oh my gosh. I'm sure we have, but I was like, we have, I, we can figure something else out. And he was like, no, this is like, it's like adjustable, like my stand up desk. So, oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. It's, we're, we're, um, we're making it work. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, you know, here back in Texas, I do agree with you. We were, some days behind, uh, and, and also in terms of number of people infected was very, very low numbers. That was going hand in hand for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the Covey family, we're pretty fortunate that we live on some land away from other people. We only have 15 homes in the neighborhood. Everyone's on some acreage. So we have some, you know, we can go outside and still be socially isolated a bit. Yeah you know, have that distancing work. So it's um, it's really sweet here. Actually, we've got all these, everybody's got these front porches that you sort of like walk up five steps and there's a platform, then you walk up five more steps and then there's your little front porch, then your front door. And so everyone can, the houses are all crammed together, but realistically everybody can be out on their front porch, but not close to each other. And so, but close enough to talk, but not close enough to touch each other. And so it is kind of cool in the evenings. Everybody's been going out, sitting on their steps. Nice. (laughs) We have a little bit of space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there couldn't be a better time to talk about crisis communications and and have people want to listen to this subject. I, I know that sometimes for marketing professionals, they put this on the back burner you know, and or yeah. they don't have enough experience to know when to create a crisis communication plan, what that plan should look like. So uh, we thought today we would just talk about how companies communicate during a crisis, how to structure this communication, some uh, factors to think of. Uh, so let's just dive right into that. We've We've talked about our personal situations enough, even though I have so many more questions for I you know. on how you're structuring <laughs> your kids right now. But um 
we know as, as businesses, very important to communicate. So mm-hmm. let's start with Morgan, just high level, how do companies communicate internally during a crisis? Yeah. So the best plan, to, the best time to create a crisis communications plan is like a year ago. But if you didn't, <laughs> and now you're trying to figure it out, um, there are a few kind of key factors to think about. So the first thing is what to think about, what to communicate. And the second thing is how to communicate. So as far as what to communicate, um, especially, I mean, when you look back at, at even this sort of coronavirus experience, um, at the very beginning in particular, people want to feel safe. So in what you're communicating, you've got to communicate clearly and pretty quickly what's happening as a company, what your response is, uh, what you want your employees to do and what you expect of them. And then it's helpful to give a, a nod to a next step. So you know, a lot of companies sent out emails and they said, great, here's, you know, this is happening, but nothing's changing yet. So we want you to continue to come to work um, and we expect you to be here tomorrow. However, people leave that communication pretty fearful because whether you intended it or not, they're not getting an idea that you're thinking about the next step. And it means a lot to a stakeholder when you say something like, you know, if or when the conditions change, so will our response. So look to us, um, you know, look for a follow-up email by 8 p.m. this evening or something like that. And so you don't have to say what you would do, uh, but especially in this experience, I think I heard a lot of people saying, our company's telling us, you know, to to do this or to do that, but they're not telling us, what do we do? What do I do? Or what do I do if I find out that my coworker is infected? Or what do I do if they're sick? And so to give people an idea of what's coming next is really helpful. You can also remind them of what you've done to prepare already, just to encourage people. So um, a, a lot of times technical companies and a, a lot of our clients at True have already got separate offices. Um, you know, you might have just somewhere that's a little bit more design focused. Then you've got another office that's regionally located because it serves kind of this sector of um, of customers. And so remind people, if that's the case for you guys, that if if you got a shift to working virtually, it's you guys are already used to doing this. You're already used to picking up the phone and calling customers or communicating with your customers virtually, right? And so you've got some of the tools in place already that are going to help you. Um, and then if there are things that you've done already to protect people or or to help them be safe or to prepare your business for this, let them know. Um, go ahead and say you know, we've already, we've been thinking about this or we've got a plan in place. And so don't, we don't want you to worry about it. You don't, you need them doing their jobs, not trying to solve this um, issue as it impacts your business, right? You need them to keep doing their jobs so that the business continues to be viable. So that's another thing. And then as far as um, kind of how you communicate, so you want to stick Stick loosely to the tone that you typically use in your internal communications, 
but you're probably going to need to tighten it a little bit and that's okay. So I'm typically one to say across the board, you got to, you've got to pick a way that you're talking. If you're highly technical, if you're, you know, a very conversational type of brand, you want to stick to those tones throughout your communication. And this is a time actually to be willing to step away from that. And you got to communicate facts quickly and clearly and not not worry about your tone. And a lot of times if a, if a brand is more casual in the way that they talk, a situation like this just isn't the time to be casual in your conversation. So um, that's something to think about. And then as well for how you communicate, pick a consistent communication tool. So internally, um, whether that's email or Slack or whatever you guys use, pick one and clearly communicate that this is how the most up-to-date information is going to get to you. And then have a central spot for updates. So if I'm, you know, sometimes you're overwhelmed, we're getting emails from all of our kids, teachers, you're getting emails from every online retailer you've ever shopped at (laughs) telling you (laughs) what's happening. And you, what if you miss one? You don't know, but you need a central spot where you can, where your employees can go to find at the top, the most recent update, right? And so that a lot of times can be on some kind of internal shared board through whatever kind of systems you use. So that's something um, just- You know what, Morgan, too, it it seems like there's two layers to this. You have the maybe top-down official communication from the leader of the company, right? And, Mm -hmm. And likely there's a task force behind that of HR and marketing and, uh, you know, maybe head of operations where you make those determinations of, of how you're going to operate during this time and communicating that broadly. But then it seems to me like then there's this second layer of your management team that, and those communication touch points might look a little different, right? The unofficial ones, like calling each of your reports and checking in and making sure they heard that message, but also feeling a temperature of how they're, you know, how, how is everything sitting with them? Do they have any questions? And of course, if the same concerns are popping up again and again, those can be filtered back up. Right. Uh, definitely. And that's a good nod too, to having a central spot for questions, right? Where do I go? You've got to let me know. Where do I go when I have a question? Should I go to my manager? Is that the most helpful you know, thing through the chain of command? Or do I need to go somewhere else? Or are you going to direct me? So just letting people know that. And definitely, as far as managers are concerned, I think that all of those small communication touch points, you, the, the sort of larger company gets to, to, does the overarching communication where you're saying this is what we're doing and how we're handling it. And then the manager gets to come in and be the actual human that says, right. Oh my gosh, how are you? Yes. Yes. I love, um, my husband's team is every day at 3 PM. They have a, what they've called their virtual hug scheduled and they all go get coffee in their house and then come back to their video screen and they have 30 minutes scheduled where they're not talking about anything work related, but they're all on video together every day. And so just making sure that you're getting some of that face-to-face time. And like you said, just getting a pulse on how everybody's doing, um, whether that needs to be sort of a daily morning meeting or, um, you know, check-ins, however your team works best. Yeah. 
Okay, so we've talked about internal communication. Yeah. What about external communication? Ooh, external communication, uh, I think, is a little bit different. And it actually goes back to the way that we advise companies to talk to their audiences externally across the board. You've got to start by meeting them at their pain point and guiding them to kind of a solution. And so what I mean by that is a lot of companies are just quick to kind of come out and say, you know, we're doing this, we're taking care of employees and and that's great, but honestly as a customer, you're so far removed from that. Um really as your customer, what I typically care about and especially in the B2B space and we're when you're working on technical projects and you've got software development going on somewhere and you've got hardware being built somewhere, what you care what your customers care about is 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 what I needed going to be delivered on time? Or is it going to be impacted and how? And what can I expect? And so I honestly would recommend that people, when you're talking to your customers, you know, as much as you can cut the, um, here's what's happening and here's at a large level what we're going to do and meet them and say, address that they've got a project in the works with you. Um, and then let them know how you're anticipating it to be affected. And then again, just like you would do with your employees and say, you know, and, and if something changes, we'll reevaluate and we'll let you know via email or via phone call at this point. And so really giving them that expectation, but you're going to be able to be their guide and then help, help guide them through, uh, you know, the relationship you still have with them and get them to the solution that they need. Whatever you do in this time, don't be the victim. Um, I don't think that your customers will forget that. If you throw your hands up and say, you know, we can't do anything, we can't help, it's not, it's not our fault. I think you can always say, how can we help? Um, and again, helpful to stick loosely to the tone you're used to, but you'll likely need to tighten your language so that it's more firm and confident and clear and again, very similar to those internal communications, they need they need an official sort of corporate statement from you guys, but then they need their account manager to call them on the phone and say, how are you doing? Um, you know, what are you worried about? Here's what we're doing. Here's what to, here's what to expect. And so that kind of personal aspect, I think, is imperative here also. Yeah. And honestly, everybody has a lot of time. I mean, not necessarily time, but people, people are home. All their, all their normal day-to-day -day stuff is taken away. And so pick up the phone and, and call people, I think is probably pretty helpful. I love that. Uh, and, and we're finding ourselves with True Marketing that so many people are at home. They're not traveling. They're not at, ev at events. We're, we're, busy, <laughs> busier than oh, ever. I, I I'm finally, I'm finally getting a lot of the reviews back that I've been waiting for How about that? <laughs> with yeah. all this canceled travel. Uh -huh. um, and it's not just, it's not just you, you know, in a situation like this, everybody's in the same circumstances. So somebody else isn't, you got to get over the fact that you can't go out to that customer visit because nobody can go out to that customer visit. So figure out how to do it virtually and move forward because this is a time too where 
we just, we created a decent amount of space. We're not allowed to go anywhere. And so how do you innovate? I think that's something companies can do uh, also from a high level is opening the door to your employees to say, how do we solve our customers' problems better? How do we take the services or the products that we provide? Is yeah. there anything tangential that we can do and we can use this time and space that's been created to really push through and serve those customers better, more effectively, um, and really help them win in the long term? You know, one of my favorite um, messages that I've seen thus far amongst our customer base have been those that have figured out, okay, how will my customers be negatively impacted by this and how can I mitigate that? Is it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, testing to make sure things are sterile? Is it manufacturing new types of things or uh, finding ways to implement lean processing to get things rolling more quickly? So um, I'm sure there was a lot of work behind the scenes that went into that to say, okay, what's happening with our customers? How can we offer services in a new way uh, to help address that pain point? So like you said, uh, great time for innovation. Yeah, definitely. So Morgan, I know um, in in non-crisis mode, you (laughs) often work with companies to help them find their tone, their brand messaging, help them identify their core values, how they communicate about themselves as a company. So if all of this is in place, and hopefully for those of the those of you listening, you have something like this, how can you use that um, in these types of communications right now? Yeah, I think you've got to go back to your differentiators, your value proposition, and take those differentiators and really stick to them, both internally and externally. So reminding your internal teams of who they are and what you're great at and why you're so great at it. And the, you know, the best potential solution for your customers um, available. And then in talking with customers through your regular communications, your, you know, e-newsletters and, and blog posts and things like that being really clear um, and and just reminding them of what those differentiators are and um, how those benefit your customers. Well, I, I think that um, one of the last things I want to bring up is that communication during this time shouldn't just happen and then go away when there's an update, you know, and just sit idle. I feel like communication should happen early and it should happen often, mm-hmm. uh, particularly internal. Would you agree? Uh, definitely. And I think it's it's pretty helpful to give people some dates also or times. I mean, especially mm-hmm. internally, they, I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, have a certain, from a, from a corporate level, having an update if it's, you know, every. 48 hours at 8 a.m. You can expect to hear from our company president by, you know, email or whatever that is, but just to help people feel like they're not in the dark and they didn't miss anything. Uh, And that also helps just clear the air of any like rumors or things that, that build out of uncertainty. um, If you have consistent communication like that and, 
and internally, I mean, again, this is what we've said, but managers get to be that human there. And so be the, have a daily morning call at 8am or whenever your team's normally in the office and you're walking past each other and interacting, uh, keep some of those same rhythms there. And that will help people maintain the same expectations for their day. Um, I think that that's, that's a big thing. Even if that rhythm has to turn to a, a remote, <laughs> like you said, yeah. sharing coffee, having that coffee break together or whatever it is. So that's um, the thing. I, and we're all going to yeah. come out of this and we're going to look back and say, how did we spend that time? Did we spend it, you know, being <laughs> fearful and um, did we spend it kind of being lazy and skirting by on what we could kind of get done from this virtual work environment or did we spend that time and get ahead and I think that for a lot of companies and this is the time that you can really push ahead because what are all the things even what are all the things that are on your back burner that you haven't had a chance to do because you've got a commute and you've got to fly out to this place to see this customer well you know what that just turned into a a two hour virtual call and you have the rest of your day left. And so do the training that you've been waiting to do, do, you know, all of those things. I think managers can really encourage that and, and create this kind of tone of, of innovation and, um, you know, investing in our team and pressing forward so that when we all come up for a breath of air, whenever that is, uh, that you are ready to run. And I think that's huge. All right. Well, thank you, Morgan, and good luck with your uh, sheltering (laughs) in place with your your family. (laughs) Visit contentmarketingengineer.com for notes and resources from today's episode. While there, you can subscribe to my blog, which will keep you up to date on new episodes and other resources for building trust and growing your business with technical content. Thanks and have a great day.